Welcome in to a Thursday episode of the Back and Forth Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Stat Matt, joined by my co-host, Joey G. Quick housekeeping reminder, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. And of course, while you're there, make sure you give the official home for Back and Forth, that being the Talk That Talk Media Company, a follow on Twitter at TTT Media Company. The rest of their socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can think of at Talk That Talk Media Company. Again, the only thing that is different is their Twitter at TTT Media Company. Football and basketball today, Joey. We got. We'll start with basketball, and then we'll we'll end the show with football. Of course, we will have our college football picks. It'll be a little different this week because we don't have a UNLV game to pick. UNLV uh, currently on a bye this weekend, so some much needed rest and relaxation, I believe, for this UNLV team that is. Uh, Quite frankly, got him a little nicked up over the past handful of weeks. Yeah, the extra week to get healthy and um, gets a little easier on them. They got a easier way to close out the year or an easier slate to close out the season with San Diego State, Fresno State. Fresno State will probably be the toughest challenge out of them. I was going to say, is, will Fresno have their starter back or is he done for the year? I, I would assume. And even without them, they're still playing. They're, their backups decent. getting more comfortable, it looks like. Um, so. And then Hawaii, obviously, and uh, UNR, which are bottom of the barrel. I would say, well, UNR, I mean, depending on how it goes, UNR could be the game they need to win to get to a bowl, so. Very true, very true, so very, uh, very, like Matt said, very much near rest for the team, um, but we do have one undefeated, well, we have two, but I'm only going to count one. Yeah. Because um, one of them has only played two games, so we do have one undefeated team that has played at least four games left in the NBA, that being the Portland Trailblazers. Now, a lot of people were like, they should probably just throw in the towel, um, get rid of Dame, including me, yep. and kind of start tanking. Look for Scoot Henderson, Victor Wimbanyana, or wh- whoever they can get their hands on pretty much. Uh, it, this this team is really not going anywhere. I will say this. I don't know if legit's the right word, but they look like a good over. They look, they look like a well-constructed basketball team. The way they're playing right now, and that they can continue to play this way, again, we're only four games into the year, so we see this happen every season. We'll see a team get off to a 7-1 and one, or a team get off to a 10-2 and two start. That pro- Like the Wizards last year got off to a 9-1 and one start. Wizards did not make the playoffs last season. Um, so it's still way too early to, to go out and say where each team is going to end up or where they're going to be at the end of the season. But I will say through these first four games, they are a, a very good basketball team. Um, are they finals contenders? God, no. They are not finals contenders. Are they <laughs> Western Conference finals contenders? No. Are they put up a fight in the second round contenders? Yeah, probably. That's where they could go. And that's up to Blazers ownership. I, at the end of the day, I know you. only one team can win an NBA championship. And if especially for smaller market teams, it's considered a win if you can get to the playoffs consistently and contend. Because you're you're able to sell playoff tickets, you're able to keep your small market franchise relevant. Um, so I get all the other uh, factors that play into this. I know for teams like the Lakers, maybe, or for teams like the Knicks and whatever, it's a little bit easier just to throw the talent and tank. Um, or maybe even the Spurs. I know they're a smaller market, but they have such a, a rich history with Greg Popovich. They can maybe afford to take uh, a nine, nineteen and. Um, what would it be? How many? I'm losing track here of how many games are in the, 19 and 63 NBA season, or however bad they are at the end of the year. Um, you, you you would think that teams it'd be an arms race for tanking right now, and it seems 
early in the year, a lot of teams are being fairly competitive, which is good, which, you know, I think is good for the NBA. So um, we'll see exactly where the Blazers end up. But I will say through the first four games, they look like a good team. And um, that Jeremy Grant uh, acquisition at the um, in, during the offseason turned out to be very good for them. Um, I think Dame and him are being a solid duo. Anfrey Simmons, um, their draft pick three, four years ago is – really starting to develop and is becoming a good player. I think he had a 30-point game recently. Um, so they have great young talent, um, and they have uh, two solid vets in, in Dame and Nurkic, and actually three if you want to throw in uh, Jeremy Grant, who was a 23-points-per-game scorer with the Detroit Pistons um, and is now carrying that over to Portland. So they have a solid team. They really do. Um, they're just – they're not obviously finals contenders, and I don't think they're Western Conference finals contenders, but they – they can make a solid playoff run, which is, I think, what the Blazers want to accomplish. They want to continue to be a playoff team, and they don't really, they don't. I don't think they can afford to go into a rebuild because they don't know if they're going to get out of it. You know, um, it it sounds easy to say you should be tanking for a win, Banyana, but with you got to remember the new lottery rules. There's only a 14 percent chance you're going to get that first pick. Um, so is it really worth throwing a whole year away, and then you only got a 14 percent chance and you end up like the Knicks. You're supposed to get the first pick, and you end up getting the fourth pick, and you got to settle for R.J. Barrett instead of getting Zion Williamson and countless other teams that have gotten screwed in the lottery. So that's another thing you gotta um, you gotta remember. But yeah, I mean the Blazers look good. They could be a, a 47 and 35 team and push in the second round. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I have two answers to this dilemma. Number one is if you're looking at the short term, just keep doing what you're doing if you're the Blazers. Just keep winning games. Obviously, it's working. You're 4-0. I will say if we're getting down to the last 10 to 15 games of the year and you're in that kind of 7 to 10 range, like immediately start. Like no, I wouldn't even go for the 7 to 10 range at that point. I would try and get out of the playoff or the play-in tournament altogether because at the end of the day, like we've talked about before, it's not like a terrible draft class this year. It is. I mean, you have a chance to get Wimbayana. You may even have a chance to get Scoot Henderson if you get the second. The fact that Scoot Henderson is like a consolation prize is, is insane. Because yeah. Scoot Henderson is extremely talented. Yeah, I mean, like, teams should be going for the... If you get one of the top two picks, like that's, that is a considered a win for almost any team. Um, but I will say this. If you're the Blazers and you're in the top five to top six then yeah, I mean, obviously keep trying to contend and keep trying to, you know, push for as far as you can go. My fear is this team's going to fall into that 7-10 to 10 range. They're going to get to the play-in tournament. They may get a bad draw on the play-in. And then all of a sudden now, I mean, you, you have a play, maybe you win the play-in tournament, but you get bounced in the first round because of matchups. And all of a sudden now you're, you don't have a lottery pick. You kind of have a crummy middle of the first round pick that you can't really do much with. I would rather, you know, like, that's why I said, like, in the short term, if you keep winning games, great. Like, you may get a top four seed, you may get top three, whatever the case may be. But if you're getting to, let's say, the all-star break, and you're sitting at 40, what? Well, how many games are there before the all-star break? It's like 50-some, right? Uh, depends. It's usually like... 50 to like 58 somewhere in there it just so, depends yeah so let's say it there's 54 games before the all-star break let's say you're if you're portland that you're sitting at 31 and 27 something like that 
it may be worth trying to punt the second half of the year away and just go for a big name like a Wimbayana or a Scoot Henderson because, like we said, there's a 14% chance you get the first pick. That chance probably either stays the same or increases for the number two pick because, like we said, Scoot Henderson's no consolation prize. Like, he is a generational talent. If, if you have a chance to get the second or the first pick in this year's draft, you are you probably win the draft, in my opinion. So, I, I mean, I know Portland fans aren't going to want to, like, necessarily punt on the second half of the year if they're sitting at, like, a 31-27 and because they, still, they still believe that, you know, there's hope to make a playoff push. But we've seen this story from Portland before where they put together good regular seasons and then Dame starts running out of gas in the playoffs because he's carried this team literally all year, so... Yeah, I think if there's an ounce of hope at all, I think they'll push for it. Because even if you say like a a 31 and 27 record, it, if they even win five of the last games of the year, so if they like go finish 36 and 46, that's still enough to get into the playing tournament. Like that's still enough for a 10th seed. Like the 10th seed in last year's playing tournament was 34 and 48. Which I'm not sure I'd want to play in tournament seed, like so, if I'm looking at that. So I think if you're at that position, if you have a winning record, I think they're going to make the playoff push. And I think they'll continue to make the playoff push, and I understand why. Um, they're, they're, they're just they're too good of a team to tank right now. So, And I don't even know if they have their pick next year. That's another thing you have to remember. They might not even have their pick. So uh, that may be another factor they're playing into. But um, definitely after this season, I think they – Regardless of where they finish this year, I think they have to evaluate their future with Damian Lillard. Um, I love how loyal he's been. I love that he's been in the Blazers jersey his whole career, and I love all the memories he's made there, but I think that's something they definitely have to evaluate at, at season's end and be like, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to keep being a second-round team? Is there someone we can really realistically go out and get to put alongside with Damian where we can actually call ourselves contenders? If not, are we open to a rebuild? Like, who... Like, who would want Damon? What are they willing to trade for him? So I think that's a thing they would have to look at the end of the year. But I think for this year, hey, you're off to a hard, hot start. It really doesn't make much sense to tank this year, I guess, for them. Go for it. Um, have a solid year and, I guess, evaluate at season's end next year. Because if you have a good year, maybe you attract a few. Maybe. Maybe you attract a few um, players who want to go on the trade market or you attract a few free agents maybe and maybe you can actually put together a contending team and again if not you have a bunch of assets you can just kind of go in and get a bunch of picks and take the Oklahoma City route so they're not really a it's, it's a win-win situation I guess at the end of the day for them yeah well I mean the other part is like if you're evaluating maybe mo- trying to move Dame um, to get younger and get uh, you know draft assets I mean, it's going to be a little tougher to move Dame only from a contract standpoint because he signed a pretty large extension in the offseason. I have an idea of one team that may be a little desperate and probably would trade for him. Because, I mean, this would be a team that has to be willing to take on basically a Supermax slot. Yeah, it's a team, you know, that's in Southern California. Um, they play at an arena formerly known as the Staples Center. It ain't the Clippers, I can it's tell you that It's not the much. Clippers, yeah. um, and it's not the Sparks, no. so... Uh, that would be the Los Angeles Lakers. I would be almost certain they would they would do it. That would um, be a terrible move for Dame. Like it'd be great for the Lakers, but it wouldn't be good for Dame. Yeah. Um, all LeBron's got to tell Polinka is that he wants Dame, um, and and he'll get him. So I think and the Lakers would. Well, they probably look, they would they would have room for it because what Westbrook be free agent. I would say Russ's deal expires and that frees up about forty seven million. Yep. And those those 
I've said it countless times. Those those twenty twenty. You would think with all the picks Oklahoma City has and all the picks uh, that San Antonio is getting and that Utah is getting, you would think like, man, they got the most probably valuable, uh, some of the most valuable picks in that in that collection of of of, of draft picks. But I think the Lakers have the most um, attractive draft picks, and there are two of them. It's the 2027 first-rounder and the 2029 first-rounder, and I'd be okay trading Dame just for those two picks alone. Um, obviously, you're going to need more included into it, which I'm sure they will get, um, but those two picks alone, I'm telling you right now, will make up for losing Damian Lillard. Um, those are going to be lottery picks both years. If he goes to the That La- is a guarantee. If he goes to the Lakers, obviously those Picks would be included. I think Anthony Davis is included too. I think you have to have a pretty high profile. No, because it doesn't make sense for them to get AD because AD has will have three years left on his contract, and if they're trying to tank, AD doesn't do that for you. AD is a again has health issues, but he is when healthy is a top ten player of the league, and he wants to obviously be on a contending team. So it would not make you could maybe. I don't think AD will be included, but if theoretically he was. It'd be a three-team thing, so you would send him like to, I don't know, Denver, and then Denver would send uh, Michael Porter Jr. and draft picks to Portland. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's how it would, if if AD somehow was included, that's how it would have to work. I would think so. Um, but I think it'll probably just be like Austin Reeves, Loney Walker, and all those um, young guys they have, all the young dudes they Scotty Pippen Jr., all those young dudes they drafted and. Those 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. Now, if, if Portland takes the tanking route, do they do it before this year's draft? Do they? No, I don't think, like I said, I don't think they do it this year. I think it doesn't make sense for them to do it this year. I don't even know if they have their pick this year. Um, but it doesn't make sense for them to do it this year. And um, you you got a good team right now. I don't, and I don't, yeah, there's just not really a route to where it makes sense. Um, they're going to be, at worst, I think, like, 34 and 48 and that might be enough to get you the 10th seed you know so well if that's the case then if i mean i would see how this draft plays out like if oklahoma city let's say has one of the two picks in the uh the top two picks and they get either a scoot henderson or they get win by on if they get one but win by on this works out perfect if they get scoot mm, i mean you could still probably make it work you'd have to rearrange some stuff but if I'm Oklahoma City, after the draft, I might be trying to coop up a lot of my draft picks and make a push for Dame. You'd have you'd have basically every area of your team. I'm covered. not trading this. If I get the first pick this year, I'm not trading the first. No, no, pick no, no, for no, Dame. no, no, okay, no. I no. thought you were saying no, no, no. I'm saying no, 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 no. That's right. what I'm saying. Like after this year's draft, let's let, let's say Oklahoma City drafts Wimbayana. Oh, okay, okay. I get Af- what you're saying. After Wimb- after you draft Wimbayana, let's say you want to trade. I don't even know how many first round picks they have the following year or whatever, but let's say you trade that first round pick away and you trade a couple of high, high value first round picks to Portland for Dame. They could. I mean, I don't know if Dame would just, because that's a Dame great not, team. Dame might not be the player they want. That's that would be a good team, but he's like 32 now and he's getting older and they may want to go. I think they're, I think Oklahoma city is waiting for a, a Donovan Mitchell the next Donovan Mitchell, pretty much, and I think that's going to be Joel Embiid. And that's, a, that's a crowded back, uh, front court, and I think Joel Embiid is going to be the one that ends up going to. Oh, I think 
when Joel Embiid requests a trade, I think it's going to happen. I think he'll end up going to Oklahoma City. That is a really crowded front court. So defensively, that team is going to be a nightmare. Fucking nightmare. Yeah, because you'll have Giddy, uh, Shea, Wimanyana, Chet Holgram, and one of those. Embiid. One of them's going to have to come off the bench. Probably or one of them is included in the trade. So which I would, if I had to pick between Giddy, no, I'd be Chet. Um, You'd send Chet for Joel. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Chet and picks for Joel Embiid, yeah. The skinny, the skinny Chet Holmgren for that's, that's a good point. Yeah, for Joel Embiid, absolutely. Um, Chet's already hurt too, so yeah. That so help. In, in, either way, Joel Embiid and Victor Wimbanyama on the same team is already fucking overpowered anyway. So, but that's what I'm um, saying. Like, if they get Wimbanyama and they wanted to add one more piece to their backcourt, I could see a serious push made for Dame because then you could have a five of Dame Shea. Uh, Giddy probably plays the three, Wimbayana, and then either Chet or, like you said, if they want to make another trade for Joel, that's a that's a scary five. You have Joel Embiid, Wimbayana, Josh Giddy, and then Damon Shea in your backcourt. That team's not losing very many games. Yeah, it's a very good team. So we'll see what happens with them. But for now, I think the Blazers should continue to try to contend and have a good season this year, and then uh, evaluate at season's end. Yeah, and again, like, like we always say here on the show, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait what, and see what they do. What happens, but... They got 78 games left, so they could they could still go 4-78 and 78 if they really want to. Oh my goodness, <laughs> if they lose 78 straight games, that is... I'll be impressed. Like, at that point, we don't even need a lottery. Just, yeah, just you, give it to them. You got the number one pick. Like, yeah. go ahead. Um, two teams that probably won't be anywhere near a first or a number one pick this upcoming offseason, that being... The Ravens and the Buccaneers playing on Thursday night football tonight. One of the better matchups we've gotten on primetime, so getting a little bit of better matchups as the season's progressed a little bit, at least for this week. Um, big, big game for Tampa Bay. I mean, in a lot of different ways. This is a huge game. They're they're three and four and still first in their division. That's how bad the NFC South is. The NFC South is in the new NFC East, so... I mean, they could probably afford to lose as many as they want, to be quite frank. They could with probably you. win the division at like nine and eight. Mm, I think they could win it at seven. They might be able to win it at seven and ten. On, that's not even a joke. If they if they have a good divisional record, um, they could absolutely win at seven and ten. Yeah, could be. Um, we'll see though. Because what it's it's Tampa, New Orleans, Carolina. Who's the last one? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, they could absolutely win it at seven and ten. Um. Anyway. Uh yeah, uh, I like I like Baltimore here. Um, Tampa is just they cannot find a rhythm. It seems like I mean it seems like they found one when they got off to a three and one start and then they lost it. Now losing three straight. I think scoring three points against the Carolina Panthers and then let alone obviously losing the game twenty one to three yeah is a, just a huge red flag for this team. Um, not the look you want. Um, and then now you're gonna play a very good uh, Baltimore Ravens team. Um, who is. I think Super Bowl contenders this season. Um, it's just unfortunate for them. They're in the same conference as Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, so it's going to be very tough to get past them, but they definitely have the firepower, I think, to get to a Super Bowl. Um, and a very hungry Lamar Jackson. I don't see I don't see uh, Tampa Bay winning this game. Um, and like I said, they could very well win this division at 7-10 and 10 or 8-9. Or and, and I don't think losing tonight, obviously you don't want to be 3-5 and five by any means, but losing tonight won't like throw them out of the playoffs or they won't drop obviously drastically in their, their divisional standings. Cause they may, 
at the end of the week still end up being first if everyone else loses, which is a good chance of happening. Yeah, so I, I agree with Joey. I think last week's 21-3 to loss to Carolina was a huge red flag. Like, Tampa's broken. Like, I mean, decide, you know, slice it up any way you want, but Tampa's broken. Yeah. They do not look like the team that was in the Super Bowl and had won the Super Bowl two years ago. And I get you got Tom Brady and you got most of those weapons back and you have a lot of the pieces on defense. This may be a case of age catching up to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like they just look slower. They don't, they, it it almost looks like they look content to be there. Like they just expect things are going to happen for them. um, Like they did two years ago. And I I think Joey kind of nailed it on the head. If they were in any other division, they probably would not be in the playoff picture right now. But because they're in the NFC South, they have a fighting chance. And granted, losing 21-3 to the Panthers is not great for a divisional record. That's, I mean, obviously, at best, you're going to be 5-1. and one. Um, You know, if you win out, you'll have the one loss to Carolina. But I do think that, I, I mean, this one's tough because my default answer for Thursday night football is usually the home team. I don't have much confidence though in Tampa Bay. Like I think this is one of those games that Baltimore could really run away with. Like it, a 35 to 10 final score would not surprise me for Baltimore. Like they, they could come in and probably do whatever they want to, to Tampa Bay and Baltimore's a team. Like we've talked about before, they are a lot better than what their record is showing. Like, they've had some really bad losses as far as um, just close and bad ways to lose games. I mean, they're probably, I would say, 10 to 15 plays away from being almost an undefeated team. Like, it's been that close for the for the Ravens. It's not like they've, you know, kind of limped themselves into, you know, because uh, they're, what, 3-3 three and three at the moment, Baltimore? Or 4-2? Four and, two? Four and Let me see. They're not 3-3, three and three, I know that. Uh, they might be four, four and three. Four and three. Yeah. So they got three losses. Realistically, you could make the argument they really should have one, and maybe even undefeated. Like if you go through Baltimore's schedule, they obviously have the one really bad loss to Miami, where they were up twenty-one points in the fourth quarter, and they let that one slip. Um, they lost by four on the road to the Giants, a game that they were leading in and they had control of until you know the second half. They lost to the Bills 23-20 off of a game that they were in position to win. That game was tied 20-20. to And um, the Ravens had a chance, I believe, on the two or the one-yard line to kick a field goal to take the lead um, and force Buffalo to go at least somewhat of the length of the field to at least tie the game, if not win. So, I mean, then you look, like I said, the Miami game. So there's the three losses. All games they were in position to win, all games they were leading in and had control of, and they let it slip through their hands. So, you know, to make the argument that this team is very close to being a 7-0 and team compared to a 4-3 and team is not out of the case, or not out of the question, rather. Right. And so, this is, on paper, Baltimore is the better team. In reality, Baltimore is still the better team. Um, Tampa, I think, looks at where they're at at 3-4 and four and probably thinks they're, they're pretty fortunate to even be at 3-4. and four. Like, they could be even worse than where they're at. You can tell something's not right with Brady. You can tell something's not right with the offense. You can tell just the team is not together. Like, it feels like every week we've gone through this season, 
Tampa has just gotten a little bit worse, whether it's been the, you know, Brady divorce rumors or whether it's been, you know, Brady partying it up in NYC the Friday before a road game in Pittsburgh and then, you know, flying late to to Pittsburgh and, you know, um, you know, getting with the team late and then kind of criticizing his teammates during that game for not playing well when obviously it was rumored that he was out uh, Friday or Saturday night and um, the week before a game or a week of a game, I should say. So whatever the case has been, like it's just been one thing after another for Tampa. They're kind of falling into that Miami category of just being a hot mess to deal with. Um, I'll take the more sure thing here in Baltimore. Give me the Ravens on Thursday night football to get to five and three. Very, very tough time to be a Buccaneers fan. Oof. Not like it was two years ago. I can like tell you it, that well, yeah, yeah, not like it was two years ago. So. When, you, when you had uh, A.B. and Giselle celebrating and all that. So, <laughs> uh, By the way, did you know, and this makes so much sense now, Antonio Brown is the president of Donda Sports. I saw this yesterday, and I, I didn't even realize it. And, like, I saw he released a statement. I was like, oh, maybe he's, like, issuing apology to Giselle or something. Nope. It's it was about Donda Sports and Kanye. I was like, oh well, never yeah, mind. I had no idea this man was the president <laughs> of a sports agency. Yeah, no. I was like, it makes sense now. Like, it does it make, all sense. make sense. It does make sense, but I mean, it makes total sense with Antonio. Imagine, imagine seeing your boss flashing people in a Dubai pool. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see how much work he actually does too. Yeah, um, he's probably just a name on it. Honestly, yeah, like, there's just yeah. a name. But uh, we'll get into some. Big power, uh, powerhouse names here in college football for our picks. We have three games to give you. No UNLV, as we mentioned earlier in the show, but a pretty good opening game. Uh, we were joking before the show started that uh, Fox seems to either pick an Ohio State or a Michigan game uh, for their 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 o'clock Eastern Figure game. Uh, it's either Ohio State or it's Michigan, one of the two. This time it is Ohio State. They go to Death Valley to play the Penn State Nittany Lions who currently sit third or yeah currently sit 13th Ohio State ranked 2 7 and 0 Ohio State taking on 6 and 1 Penn State Ohio State favored by more than two touchdowns in this game give me the buckeyes not much needed to be said here Penn State always falls flat on their face against good teams um, they're like the new Michigan now um, and Ohio State these are these are this is a playoff team. Um, I don't know if they'll make the playoff, but they're definitely a playoff capable team. It all depends on how they play Michigan at uh, at the end of the year. So uh, I'll take the Buckeyes. Yeah, I mean, give me the Buckeyes. If you go back and listen, probably two to three weeks ago, I told you guys pretty early on, James Franklin's a fraud. Like this is this is a typical fraudulent moment for James Franklin, where he he's kind of like, and I got into a little bit of Twitter war earlier in the week because. There was Iowa fans that are like, oh, Kirk Ferentz is a great coach. I'm like, yeah, he's great because he beats up on crap teams and then shrivels against good quality opponents. Like the dude's 25 and 50 against the top five or the top 25 in his career. So go beat somebody quality and then come talk. It's like Marvin Menzies versus the top 25. Yeah, but oh, if you give him South Dakota State, oh boy, he's he's a real (laughs) genius against those guys. Like, come on now. But the guy's been at Iowa for decades, it feels like. So anyway. Um, James Franklin is kind of along those same line. Like if this was a Maryland, James Franklin probably wins this game. If this was Illinois, if this was Minnesota, if this was Rutgers, this would probably be a Penn state win, especially at home. It's Ohio state. Ohio state is, has playoff aspirations. They are trying to win out their schedule to get to at least the Michigan game. Cause they know that that's what they're building up for. 
just win out our you know first 11 games we know Michigan's going to be our toughest game of the schedule and we got them in the horseshoe we got them in Columbus so we have a little bit of advantage going to that game this is probably their second toughest game that Ohio State will have to face all year and I'm including the Big Ten championship game in that uh, category because as we mentioned before whoever's coming out of the Big Ten West is probably just going to be happy to be at the Big Ten championship game Michigan or Ohio State is going to thump whoever they have in the Big Ten championship game because the Big Ten West is just utter dog crap. So ultimately, I think the Buckeyes are going to win. They're probably going to roll in this game. I mean, 35-14, maybe 42-14, to something like that. Like, this is going to be a, a typical Ohio State ass-whooping <laughs> of all degrees. Like Pretty much. Yeah, and then people are going to be like, oh, what happened to James Franklin? Oh, I told you guys. Um, fraud. Yeah, fraudulent alert. Uh, may, may need to get investigated, but well, whatever. Next, uh, we got Michigan and Michigan State, right? Flo- uh, before that Florida game, and Georgia. Florida and Georgia, they hold the 1230 slot on CBS. This is the... I guess primetime slot, if you will, for CBS for the SEC. This game being played in Athens, Georgia, and Georgia comes in as over a three touchdown favorite. If this were in Florida and the playoff wasn't rigged, I would take Florida. But like I said, the playoff committee, they want, they need three SEC teams. They want to give us Alabama and Georgia again at the end of the year. So they're going to find a way to put three SEC teams in there. So no way in hell they're going to allow Georgia uh, to lose to Florida. Um, you throw those two things out, and like I said, we're maybe playing in Florida, uh, down at the Swamp. I would take the Gators in this game, as crazy as that sounds. But um, since that's not the case, I'm not going to be an idiot and realize that they've already got their uh, their playoff board selected, so I'll go with Georgia. Yeah, give me give me the Georgia Bulldogs at home. This is a pretty no-brainer either. You know, this is what it's going to be. I think we already talked about it. Bama 1, Georgia 2. Tennessee three, and then they'll put uh, or no, excuse me, they'll put Michigan or Ohio State three, and they'll put Tennessee four. Alabama will beat Tennessee. Georgia will beat whoever. Surprise, surprise! Georgia and Alabama in the national championship. It's gonna happen again. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god!" For the fifth year in a row, we have the Crimson Tide taking on uh, uh, the Bulldogs. So I, I, I honestly think they're gonna find a way to get Georgia and Bama again. I don't disagree with that. I do think Bama probably is two. Because oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're correct. Because they have the one loss to Tennessee. Yeah. So they'll so be like, we can't put them Georgia, at the Georgia will be one, excuse yeah. me. But either combo, just to make yeah. it to where they they can't meet each other in the semifinal, they get them the earliest they could play is the, the championship game. So. Even if they both find a way to lose a game, they will find a way to put one at one and one at four so they don't play each other in the semifinal. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll find a way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Georgia here. This is... I mean, probably an ugly-ish game. It'll be like a 37-18 to 18 type of football game. That's usually what Georgia games look like. Uh, but Georgia probably wins fairly convincingly, especially being at home. And as mentioned before, it's rivalry week, rivalry week in the state of Michigan. The Michigan State Spartans go to Ann Arbor to play the Michigan Wolverines in the big house. Michigan currently sits fourth in the AP Top 25, a perfect 7-0 start. Michigan State on the other side, 3-4. and four. Michigan comes into this game as a 23-point favorite in a rivalry game. In a rivalry game, I'm going to go with, because Michigan State sucks this year. They're sitting at 3-4. and four. They're not very good. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan here. And obviously, 
Uh, if you're into that, take them with the points. So I like the Wolverines. And I think, again, like I've said it already in the show, their, their season's going to come down to that Ohio State game. Um, so up until that point, and the same thing with the Buckeyes, I don't see them, and I don't anticipate them losing any games. Um, both their years are going to come down to that one game. Yeah. Because uh, also that they're in the same division, so the winner of that gets sent to the Big Ten Championship. Pretty much. like, And that's what we said, like, if it's Michigan or if it's Ohio State, whoever wins that game is going to be the big, the big Ten representative in whatever bowl game they go to because I'm not worried about either one of those teams, whether it's Ohio State or if it's Michigan, uh, in the Big Ten Championship game. Like, they're going to crush whoever comes out of the Big Ten West because that's how bad the Big Ten West division is this year. Now, I'm going to go with Michigan in this game. I mean, if you're on the numbers side of things, twenty three is tough. Like, could I see Michigan getting up seventeen to twenty points late in this game and kind of just backing off and running a lot of the clock out? Probably, I I wouldn't doubt it. But I could also see Michigan thumping the crap out of out of Michigan State and winning like forty two to seven. Like that also is very possible. I am very confident though that Michigan, if nothing else, will win this football game this Saturday. It's at it's in it's yeah it's in Ann Ar- in Amber yeah, in Ann Arbor and at home, I think should be no problem for Michigan. They're on the same trajectory that Ohio State is. Just win these first eleven games. You know where your biggest game of the year is going to be. If each team's eleven and zero, this plays perfect into the committee's hands. They they want both of these teams eleven and zero because then they know they can have their one Big Ten representative in the college football playoff the rest of it will be occupied by sec teams and they'll be like hashtag diversity yeah they'll be like oh we didn't go all sec we had a big 10 team in here um pretty good big 10 team they went undefeated so you know when it goes to 12 teams how many schools are in the sec is it 12 uh it's at least 12 it may be it may be 15 i don't know Uh, oh they're they're, they're talking about expanding to like 20 get 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 ready for uh all sec representation baby just name it the sec playoff and i mean not that long I'm ago. I'm surprised they haven't tried to form like a super league. Oh, they're probably trying to. Like like they did for soccer. Go ahead, though. Sorry. They're, I mean, it came out not that long ago that the committee's like, oh, we're going to expand the playoff to 12 teams. Yay. Nine of them are going to be SEC teams. Great. <laughs> Grand. Yeah. We're going to have seven and five Alabama be the 12th seed in the playoff. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah I think something needs to be done about the conference realignment and whatever. Um, it's kind of ridiculous that everyone just kind of it's killing the pack. It's pretty much killing everyone not named the Big Ten, SEC. That's it. Pretty much. Like, Big 12 has gone downhill over the last handful of years. ACC really isn't getting anything out of this. Um, Notre Dame refuses to join the ACC because they know they'd have to play real schools at least nine times during the year. They don't want to do that. The best um, thing Notre Dame could do is join the Big Ten. Like, go join the Big Ten. It geographically makes sense. You're in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. You can play, you know, the Michigans, the Penn States, the Ohio States regularly. People will stop giving you crap that you're not in a conference, and you're playing good opponents. I think it would be a little tougher for them because their basketball is in the ACC, which, again, really doesn't make a lot of sense. So they'd need to move both over to the Big Ten, which I like. Um, That's a really good conference. Yet you'll have UCLA, USC, uh, I almost said Nebraska. (laughs) I, mean, I know they're in the Big Ten, but do they, they, do well they really make the Big Ten good? Um, they're better suited in the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe Conference USA. That's about right, yeah. Maybe maybe JUCO. Let's do JUCO. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan, and he throw Notre Dame into there. That's a really stellar conference. So, But, yeah, anyone who's not the Big Ten in the SEC, 
um, is getting pretty much screwed over, and it just feels like at some point those are the, those aren't going to be the only two conferences that matter, and it shouldn't be that way. This is collegiate sports. This isn't professional sports. Right. Um, you know, we don't need to be. Uh, it, it just seems like it's turning into a professional sports format, and like all the smaller schools are getting screwed over, and that's not how it should work in collegiate sports. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year. Like, there was so much hesitation to put Cincinnati in the playoff. There was a lot of people that were like, oh, they're a small school. We don't want to really do it. Like, we'd rather send them to a good bowl game. But, I mean, Cincinnati must have paid off a ton of those selection, you know, people on the committee to get them in the playoff because I was one of those people that I wanted Cincinnati in the playoff, but I figured they would find a way to get screwed by the committee at the very last second. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe the committee is starting to have a change of heart and they like the, the smaller schools. Who knows? But <laughs> that'll do it for us on a Thursday episode of Back and Forth. I've been your host, at Matt, a.k.a. Matt Rafter. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. We're back for a Saturday episode, which has all of our NFL picks. We will uh, obviously have that for you to round out our week before we head into a weekend. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you guys on Saturday.